Remember the passion you felt doing that particular thing you always loved to do when you were a kid? Whether it was to laugh or to love or to explore, to play or create. Those passions weren't just you being a kid. They were gifts of clarity. They're the desires of your heart authentically expressed. Hi, I'm Courtney Cole, and this is the Love Freak Podcast, where we remember who we really are and what we've come to this planet to create. It's here we make a choice, love or fear. It's here we choose to vibrationally realign ourselves with the truth of our essence, love. 528 hertz, the love frequency, which therefore allows us to realign with conscious healing, authenticity, and creativity. Don't freak out. This is your true nature. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Love Freak Podcast. I am Courtney Cole, and I am very, very happy that you're tuning in with me today. I am bringing you such a fun guest today. Um, her name is Brie Bellafuel, and she's the founder of Fully Human Healing and the host of the Self Healers podcast. And after she hit rock bottom in 2017, she became relentless in uncovering her true self and moving into alignment with her purpose. Um, since then, she's studied several different healing modalities, which have which has allowed her to take her healing to another level. She has a degree in psychology and she has completed 600 hours of yoga teacher training. She's become certified in sound healing and Reiki, yoga nidra and yoga therapy. And now she's sharing her story and what she's learned to support others in finding the healer within themselves. She has such a beautiful heart, such a beautiful presence I know you guys are going to enjoy her so much today as we talk about the subconscious mind and how it can keep us stuck in our conditioning and our programming. And we're going to talk about how we can reprogram the subconscious mind and learn to have more self-love and compassion for ourselves in the process. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation I just want to let you know that there are a few sound issues here and there um, and a cute little barking dog every once in a while. <laughs> I just wanted to warn you of that just in case you're driving and you get a little startled. We want you to be as safe as you can be out there. Um, but without further ado, I truly hope that you enjoy this chat with Brie Bellafuel. I know that I did. So let's tune in. Bree, thank you so much for hanging with all the love freaks today. It's it's great to have you on. Thank you, my pleasure. I'm so excited to talk to you again. Oh, me too. Me too. You you and I have connected over our missions of unveiling our authentic truth and supporting those on their journey to that same destination. Um, and your podcast, the self healers podcast has been doing so well. So congratulations on that. I was so honored to be a guest on that, yes, but it's kind of a, co a, a collection of stories of, of many other people with that same mission of healing and self rediscovery of their authentic truth. So why is this mission so important to you? Well, you'd have to ask my soul that question, but I really do feel like it's my soul's purpose to share my story and the story of others. And the way that it came into my awareness is um, through recovery from alcohol. And uh, I spent my whole life trying to hide 
my dark. I, I, I hid anything where I felt shame around and I mm. kept grits and I lied and I isolated. And at some point, um, August 7th, 2017, I said, I don't know what it is that I can't live a life without numbing myself, but I want to at least try and be happy. And mm. I, I started listening to podcasts and one in particular called the home podcast or it was two women and they were sharing their stories about recovery from alcohol. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about things that I thought people would take to the grave with them. I did not know people were talking about these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And when I heard them speaking about it, I, I could, my shoulders could relax a bit. I could be like, I'm not the only one. And then I just started hearing more and more stories about people going through the same thing as I did. And I felt less alone. I felt more seen and I felt like I could start living out loud. Um, mm. And as time went on in my recovery, I um, started to use my voice more and more. Um, and it, it started in like an online recovery group. And I remember my first couple uh, webinars, I, I would black out, uh, as I was talking, I couldn't wow. remember what I said. My heart was racing. I, my hands were sweating. I couldn't, I was Eminem in eight mile. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I just, um, I thought I was going to die, but I, I just kept going and I kept sharing in these webinars. And, um, I, I, just kept doing it. I didn't know why, because it was so scary, but each time that I shared, it got easier and easier. And, um, I had an ayahuasca experience in July and January of 2019. And I had a visual of myself surrounded by people. And then I just heard, if you mm -hmm. speak, people will listen. And I was like, listen to who, why me? No, I don't want this. You know, I had no clue what that meant. I didn't understand because at that time I was just in this small recovery group and, um, and as time went on people, I had posted a video of the, myself um, of my experience at Rhythmia and I made it for this recovery group thinking like 30 people were going to listen to it. And one day I just got a message, um, from somebody I didn't know talking about how much my video had helped them in their own healing. And I was mm. like, whoa, that's wild. But it just kept happening and happening. And what I thought would be 30 views ended up being thousands of views. And people were saying, maybe your purpose is to share your story. And I was like, what? Me? <laughs> like, why? Yeah. You know? And so I did. I kept sharing it. And I kept having, like, the same responses. And um, I went to a psychic in Sedona in December of 2019. And the first thing she said to me was, so when are you going to start using your voice? Oh. And I was like, you too. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm listening. And then coronavirus happened and I finally had some downtime and I created a podcast and I started sharing my story and the story of others. And I just want to give other people what I got when I heard people telling the truth for the first time. Wow. And you do, you do such a great job of that. I have enjoyed listening to the episodes that I've listened to. It's just, it's very relatable, um, very honest 
And uh, I just, I think it's a beautiful thing that you're doing. So you chose to tell your story, to live authentically. Um, and, and speaking on a collective level, how do you feel like we lose our authentic self? Like, wh- where does it go? <laughs> well, it's, it's there, but it's covered up by all of our conditioning. And, um, and in my experience and in so many of others, it starts in childhood from our own familial conditioning to societal conditioning. We are praised for being one way and maybe scolded or get in trouble for being another way. So we start very early on learning how to hide parts of ourselves and Mm -hmm. only showing the parts where that people will approve of. Mm -hmm. And when you start healing and because most of us come to a point in our our journeys when we're on this healing path of maybe a feeling of emptiness or a feeling of disconnection and we can't understand i have everything i said that i was supposed to have that would make me happy and why do i feel so empty and it's because we're living somebody else's life we're living many different people's lives on expectations and beliefs of what they think makes a good life wow yeah the the ego is kind of this this personality thing that we kind of build is based off of what we're taught or someone else's past programmings and fears you know like our our parents or our mentors and, and we also, you know, build it off of our own fears and insecurities that kind of arise, you know, through those things. And we, we take so much on from so many other people that our, our freedom kind of gets compromised and we trap ourselves into like this other reality. And there seems Absolutely. to be like a lot of ba- baggage that kind of sits on top of our own truth. And we end up having to sift through it after a while and, and break down all these walls that we end up building, um, and having to reclaim this freedom from this, some of these prison, these fear-based prisons that we kind of allow ourselves to, to sit in. So how do we reclaim our freedom when we feel like we were so trapped in kind of by this little ego bubble and, and these fear bubbles that we get trapped in growing up? Yeah, well, for, I mean, for, in my experience, first comes the awareness and mm-hmm. um, really, I mean, just the understanding itself, observation, and I'm not really happy. I don't know what it is, but I just, I don't know why I'm, I don't feel more fulfilled. You know, mm-hmm. that's the very first step is that awareness. And, yeah. um, and after that, you need to start looking or accessing your subconscious. Now, for me, it took ayahuasca to blow my top off and understand that I even had programs. I had no idea, you know, like that I was living somebody else's life. But um, plant medicine is a, a great way to access your subconscious. I mean, you have hypnotherapy. I personally love and offer yoga nidra. Mm. Um, breath work is something that I use um, consistently to access these old, deep stored emotions that are in my body that haven't been felt processed or released. And one of my favorite things is, um, inner child healing. And what, I mean, what I've heard is the inner child is your subconscious, the inner child, because the subconscious is created from the ages of zero to seven. 
So every, all of the programs, all of the conditioning, all of the things you haven't said, all of the things that you haven't felt because you didn't feel safe to, they're all still in our bodies. Mm. And breath work for me allows me to access that stuff and working wow. with my inner child. Yeah. Wow. And um, yeah, but everybody has their favorite tools. I recently had a theta healing session um, that was accessing my subconscious and it was so powerful. So um, there's a lot more that I'm not mentioning, but I think um, in order to find what works for you, it's so important to try a bunch of different things out to find your thing that really resonates with you and helps you get that, that subconscious totally awareness. Yeah. I, I love what you said about just how your body kind of remembers certain things. Like I, it's actually really interesting for me. Like when I was growing up, my, my family life could be a little chaotic at times. My fam, you know, my parents were arguing a lot. My dad suffered addiction and it just was a very sometimes tumultuous, uh, living situation. And I would get so afraid and so scared. I would have these trauma responses. Like I would start uh, trembling and shaking. <laughs> oh, there's a, a puppy. Um, Sorry. I, I was oh, you okay. no, oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, I would start trembling and, and shaking and my teeth would chatter. Mm. And something similar came up recently, um, where a same, the same thing happened. And like, I was faced with kind of like a tumultuous situation and my body, you know, 25 years later, 30 years later responded the same way. I started shaking. My teeth started chattering. It's like just a very weird, uh, thing how that's stored in our body. But I would love to talk about the subconscious mind for a second, because I know that you do a lot of work in your business, fully human healing on this, but repro reprogramming the subconscious mind sounds like a really big thing to do. Um, <laughs> so first of all, like what is the subconscious mind and how is it affecting us? Well, like I said, um, the subconscious mind it's our automatic program. It is our knee jerk reaction to everything. It's how we operate in this world. And those programs are learned from the ages of zero to seven. Yeah. So okay. while, you know, like I'm 44 years old and the unhealed me might be reacting from a five-year-old reaction um, of something that happened, like shaking of the body and the teeth chattering because I didn't have the coping strategies to deal with that event at the time. Yeah. Right. So accessing or so that is the subconscious mind. Your it's your automatic programs and um, what may appear to you to be normal, but may cause a lot of frustration. Like, why do I always react this way? Yeah. Why can't I be different? And you don't know why you can't change it like that. You know, yeah. because you don't want to do something, but your reactions are the same. Like, for example, one of my coping strategies when I was a child, because I didn't feel safe to feel, to be myself. I didn't feel safe to um, have big emotions. I didn't feel safe to speak my truth. So I learned to, um, one of my coping strategies was to pull my hair out. It soothed oh. me in a way. Yeah. So like wow. I... I couldn't 
do what I wanted to do. So I would pull my hair out mm. and I did this into my forties. Right. And, wow. um, but I didn't want to pull my hair out, but I didn't know how to be with a big emotion. I had no, I had no coping strategy. Right. So that's one of the things like a lot of people overeat alcohol, sex, overworking, you know, all of these coping strategies um, who help you be with things that you don't feel safe to be with it with in your body. So um, how do you undo that? Right. You know, yeah. well, first is the awareness, right? So I'm aware that, and this is where the self observation would come in. Um, I've always, I, you know, like something when you quit smoking or you quit drinking or you quit doing something, um, you always have it with my hair pulling. I was, I was a professional quitter. I was always trying to quit one of my coping strategies. Right. Yeah. And, um, I just started noticing what was happening right before I would start pulling my hair out again. Mm. And I would notice that every time, every time that I wanted to pull a hair out, it was because I was saying, I wasn't saying something that I really wanted to say. I was wow. betraying myself and I was biting my tongue and rather, and that was my coping strategy. So like in childhood, rather than, I don't want to do that, mom, I would be like, go to my room and pull my hair. Right. The same thing was happening as an adult. I'd get in my car, pull my hair after something frustrating or, you know, I, that's, that was it. So I said, then I had to learn how to be with the emotion. And this took a long time. Like it, it didn't, wow. it's not everything that I'm talking about doesn't happen with an awareness and then it's gone. Like these are things that you have to cultivate safety within your body to feel, heal and let go. And, and most of the time there's going to be some forgiveness involved too. But so I would notice, uh, that like this and the feeling that I wanted to pull my hair out and be like, okay, I'm going to have to sit with this discomfort for a little while. Mm. And it may not have always worked. I may not have pulled my hair, but maybe I went and I overeat over eight instead, you know, like I, but the thing was, I was becoming more and more aware that of what I didn't want to sit with. And then I do inner child work. And I, and I, I will do breath work and I say, it is safe for you to feel in my body. It is safe for you to feel in my body. And I may have a breath work session where I may cry a little bit, or I may need to scream. Um, but that also doesn't mean that it's all out of that point. It, um, it builds and builds and builds until the root thing, which for me was worthiness or unworthiness. Wow. Yeah. Like the unworthiness of not believing that it is okay to be me took me years to cultivate safety within my body to feel all of that. Wow. And I'm glad that you pointed out that it takes time because I think sometimes I lose patience with myself and I'm sure people out there do too, when you don't know why you're doing something, it's like, something comes up, you're like, wow, I don't know why I'm having this reaction, but I love your process of sitting with it. And over time, each time you sit with it, 
it speaks to you and gives you more clarity and more clarity and more clarity until eventually it comes out and says, okay, here's, here's the cause of this. Like I see it clearly now because you gave it time to speak to you. And, uh, I think that's really, really powerful, but I also want to talk about the other struggles that come with this, you know, like what happens when you feel trapped in the inconsistency of it all? Like, like by that, I mean, it can feel like you're letting yourself down when you slip back into some of these old habits or programs and you can end up feeling, you you know, defeated. Sometimes you feel like you really, I know for me, like I really have to force change within myself sometimes. Um, and I always seem to slip back into some of these old habits and, and mindsets. Is it just go back to sitting with it and kind of being in the flow of just letting it speak to you? Yeah. I love that you asked that because it is so, I mean, I was there for so long beating, like, I know better than this. I don't want to do this anymore. So why can't I just stop? And, um, and especially with how I would overeat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I hated, I tried to hate that out of me for so long. Like, stop, yeah. stop overeating. <laughs> like, you know, right. you know that this isn't serving you. You know, tomorrow you're gonna hate yourself for doing it. Like, stop. But one of the things that um, I haven't. I was able to see and give love to these coping strategies that no longer serve me is because as a child, they kept me safe. Mm -hmm. They were there to give me a sense of comfort. And for that, I am grateful, right? Mm -hmm. So I can embrace that. I don't have to hate that part of me anymore that used food or used hair pulling or used alcohol or whatever, because it was just keeping me safe. And my baby inner child who I visualize all the time, I just see her little face and I'm said, it's okay. You can be safe in whatever way you need. Right. That's you're blowing my mind with that. Actually just having compassion (laughs) for that. When you get frustrated with yourself, having compassion for yourself and saying, I'm grateful for what you've been because you did keep me safe. This did protect me, but I no longer need this anymore. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Thank you for protecting me. Yeah. Thank you for protecting me, but I no longer need you. I have this. You're safe within my body. Yeah. That gives me chills. I know. I got chills too. (laughs) Beautiful. That's like, that is such a powerful point. Um, and I think it, things can feel defeated sometimes because the, the subconscious mind is a very tricky, tricky things. You know, I think a lot of people when, uh, you know, they try to reprogram some of their, uh, subconscious by affirmations, or they hear of things like the law of attraction and they try to put these things to work, but then they fail. They never seem to work because it almost seems like there's conflicting beliefs within the subconscious mind and kind of with an affirmation or whatever you might be putting out there. Like you almost have to go deeper. How do we fix that? Well, you mean from affirmations to embodied healing? Yes. Embodied. Yes. That's yes. Embodying it. Yes. Well, 
Affirmations are important. I, it's very important how you speak to yourself, but exactly, exactly what you said, you cannot heal through affirmations alone. And it's mm -hmm. just not possible because the subconscious is running the show and the subconscious is stored in your body. The issues are in the tissues, right? You know, yeah. you hear that yeah. saying all the time. Yeah. And in order to get, they're just waiting there for you to create safety within your body to feel. And yeah. for me, what the, the modalities that I use um, to get the feeling breath work, yoga nidra, plant medicine, sound healing, yoga, all of these things allow me to get into my body and feel. And um, one of my favorite tools is yoga therapy, which is kind of like a yin yoga, but it's a more energetic yoga um, where you're sitting in poses that can be kind of uncomfortable, but every sensation and it has a story to tell. So let's say you're laying on your back, you have your legs straight up with uh, an extender holding your leg up. So you're, you know, your legs like this and mm -hmm. you feel a lot of sensation behind your knee. And the, the point of that yoga is to sit with and cultivate deep sensation and ask that sensation what it is that needs to be felt. So I am willing to feel you you are safe to be felt. The sensation doesn't stay in the same location the whole time. So where it could start in the back of your knee, you'll feel it, the, you'll feel the, like the shape of the sensation change. You'll, you'll notice the type of sensation it is. Like it could be fiery at first and it could turn cold and tingly, right? So you're able to notice and sit with, you'll, well, the most important part, you're able to notice that sensation is always moving. It's always coming and going. It's never lasting, right? Mm -hmm. And um, that's what was so important to me. Like we get so trapped in this fear that our um, our emotional state is going to be forever, right? Right. And noticing that it's always moving. It's always changing. Nothing is forever. And just mm. allow, allow, allow for the sensation because it's going to leave, but the only thing is you have to feel it. So, wow. and that goes for everything. So you're angry, you're sad, you're um, frustrated, you're happy, allow for it all. But anytime that you resist the feelings, that's when they get stuck. And that's when, what the problems, are, you know, or where that's where the issues will show up in your life. And, you know. So if you allow yourself say to be angry, Mm -hmm. you can be angry, but there's still a sense of having to control that anger, right? Like what is the balance? Cause you don't obviously want to get so angry and hit somebody or get so angry and you know what I mean? Take it out mm -hmm. on somebody. Like, is there a balance in allowing an emotion to live, but also being in control of it? Well, so yeah, it does make sense. And I think the difference is between anger and rage, right? So anger is normal. We all get yeah. angry, right? right? But we have, we kind of have a, a weird relationship with anger where anytime we're angry, especially women, I mean, I'll speak for myself, but um, we feel, or I feel that um, it's not okay. Like this says something about me. Totally. I'm a negative, nasty person, right? Yeah. But understanding that anger is normal. It's, it's an indicator. It's a message. All feelings are normal. It's an indicator. It's a message for, um, 
maybe a boundary needs to be set. Uh, I mean, usually it's always a boundary needs to be set, right? Totally. Um, so, but the change, if it is affecting your life, is what is your reaction when you are angry? Well, what did you do as a child when you got angry? What happened? You know, sitting with that, recognizing. Um, what did that look like when you were upset as a child? I know for me, I would be sent into my room and I had, I'd have to be angry in isolation. So my anger showed up towards myself, isolated by myself. I didn't take it out on other people. I took it out on me. And another person's family, it may have looked completely different. And so your reactions may be different. You know, why do I hurt myself when I get angry? Mm. Sitting with it and maybe not reacting, maybe not pulling hair out you know, or saying, or noticing how you're speaking to yourself, you know, you're just observing really. Mm -hmm. It's just, you're sitting, you kind of sit in the, in the back seat a little bit and you just say, okay, I'm just kind of observing this and watching this. And I think that makes total sense. Um, right. So what does it look like to you when the authentic self fully expresses itself? do you kind of fall in line, fall out of alignment with other things that once felt comfortable? Like does, are you always happy? You know, like what, what does that look like? Well, I'm still a work in progress and I mean, I have decades of things to unlearn, so I don't want to (laughs) come across that I got it all figured out because I don't. Um, but what I have learned is, um, Yes, when you are living more in alignment with who you really are. Um, I mean, I'll give an example of just when I quit drinking, right? I no longer felt good drinking. I, um, I was emotionally bankrupt. I mm. emotionally and spiritually bankrupt. I, I, I was so, it was so painful that I couldn't feel, which is, is, is interesting when I say that, because I, that's why I drink. I, I didn't want to feel, but at one, at some point it became so painful that I couldn't, I'm like, I can't, cause you can't numb just the bad, you numb everything. So I was just a shell. Right. And so when I eliminated alcohol from my life, naturally the people who I drank with, they fell away. Of course. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the things that I did fell away as well. Like, um, I used to be able to drink and watch hours of television hours. (laughs) I mean, I was the zone out. I could, I was the Netflix and chill person, right. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) I could, I was the, why binge watching was created, you know, like I, I could really, but when I, quit drinking, like the thought of sitting on the couch for hours and watching TV, I, I, I cannot, I cannot sit, I cannot do that, you know? So, um, like those kinds of things fall away. And as I like uncovered, um, certain things about myself, these realizations, like, oh my God, I was able to start setting boundaries because wow. that was one of the first things that I learned about myself was how, incredibly codependent I was. And that was one of the things that was making me so miserable 
because I was betraying myself all the time. I was constantly doing things I didn't want to do, having conversations I didn't want to have, feeling responsible for people I didn't want to feel responsible for. And the further I got away from being numb, the more I was able to sit in the discomfort of not being true to myself and understanding that boundaries was the next step, even though it was scary as hell. It was so scary to set boundaries, you know, but because those people kinds go of away, people don't like when you set, you know, the people that you've been trying <laughs> to please all this time, they don't like when you all of a sudden say no more, you know? So it's just like, well, what's oh. my life going to look like? Who are, who's going to be my support? Who's going to be, who's going to love me? Who's, you know what I mean? That's like a very vulnerable place to be in. Mm -hmm. And that's like, and that's, and who's going to love me. And that's like one of the things like where the self-compassion comes in is many of us have done things throughout our whole lives that we've betrayed ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and we can get really mad at ourselves. I mean, I know I did like, how could I have let that happen? How did I do that? You know, but that's another thing where we can work with our inner child and say, every single thing I did was in the furtherance of love just wanted to feel loved. I just wanted to feel safe. And everything that led me to that is okay. And I love that about me, you know, because that's, that's it's, so it's hard. Yeah. I just, I, you are literally speaking to the depth of my soul right now. You have no idea. <laughs> oh, I feel I like I'm, I'm so in the process of, of, of learning that. And it's just beautiful to hear that and actually feel I think a lot of people hearing that message, Brie, can take a, a huge breath, a sigh of relief of just kind of giving yourself a break um, mm-hmm. because I think you just get so wrapped up in, in hating on yourself and just saying, oh my gosh, it's it's okay. It's just yeah. okay. Um, and, and that's another great self-observation tool too. Like the way you talk to yourself, who does that sound like? Who... Who in your life talked to you that way? You didn't come into this world um, speaking like that. So this is somebody else's voice. And that's another part of the subconscious. So working with your subconscious to reprogram how you speak to yourself. And this is why yoga nidra is one of my favorite tools, because Mm. you plant your intention. Like I have an inner child yoga nidra and and, in yoga Nidra takes you through different brainwave states. And when you're in the theta or the alpha brainwave state, that's when you're working at a subconscious level. So -hmm. when you plant intentions or affirmations in this level, you're doing things to reprogram your subconscious mind without you being aware of it. That's why I love yoga Nidra so much. So one of the things, yeah. So my intention for my, like my inner child yoga Nidra is the intention is I am safe to feel in my body. Mm-hmm. But the affirmations I used are, I use are, I am safe, I am loved, I am matter. And that's what all of us wanted to know as a child. And I, I say that every night when my, when my son is with me and I put my hand on his heart and I say, I go say it. He goes, I am safe, I am loved, I matter. You know? What and, a gift um, you give to him. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, there's things that I'm definitely learning and I feel like we're on the right track. But again, you know, it's it's a uh, we're um, 
I'm learning and healing right along with them. And he's my greatest teacher, you know, um, to show me where I'm still, um, not free. And I'm still, I think parenthood is, is just that in a nutshell, right? (laughs) Right. I'm not a parent, but I can only imagine. You want a constant trigger that lives with you? Have a kid. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I don't know about that, but I bet it's it's the most rewarding thing at the end of the day, just leveling you up, (laughs) taking you to the next level, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I think it was like, I think it was like Deepak Chopra. Deepak Chopra? Yeah. (laughs) I I don't know why I'm having a, but I think he's the one that says having children is the fast track to spiritual awakening or something or spiritual enlightenment. Yeah, it's, and it's just like so, so true. true. It's like, yeah, I get it's... that. I get that a hundred percent. So you are the host of the self healers podcast. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that we are the ultimate healers of our lives? There's no one else that can do it for you. We are it. We can have support along the way, but I feel like your greatest teachers and your greatest mentors and your greatest support are there to show you that you have all of the answers within you. And, you know, I don't think or believe that any of us should do this alone. Like you, you're only responsible for yourself. Like I view you healers, plant medicine, you know, shamans, um, countless support people in my life to help me understand that I have all of the answers within me, but Mm. there's no one who can feel what I need to feel. There's no one who can become aware of what I need to become aware of. And there's no one who can change me, but me, no one. Oh, it's so true. And you have to be ready and you have to say, okay. And it's like everything you have, like you said, all the answers are within you. And, and that is like this source energy. I mean, we are just this, the source of all things like living right inside of us. And when you kind of co-create for, with that force, um, you know, it, that, that force kind of brings you in alignment with it. And it kind of takes over and lifts you into that vibrational accord with the source of all things. When we say, okay, I'm ready. You know what I mean? And it just takes over and we just, you just have to say, okay, you have to find the patience and find the love and just let it just take over your, I, I, I really believe that. Um, yeah, yeah, just saying, absolutely. Okay. Just saying, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. And do you mind <laughs> if I share, do you mind if I share something real quick? Absolutely. I, ha- I, I haven't, I haven't shared it on my podcast yet, but hearing you say that, I feel, I don't know. I feel I'm, you heard I'm it like here first. <laughs> I'm like being called to share it, but, um, so I had a, a, a recent ayahuasca experience and um, my whole life, I have been looking for something outside of me to let me know that I'm okay. I think a lot of us do that. The worthiness, right. please tell me I'm good enough. Let, you know, somebody show me I'm supported by doing this for me or, you know, anything to know that I'm not alone. Right. Totally. And one of the things that happened during the ceremony was I had to feel and become aware of where the unworthiness started in the feminine side of my family. Mm-hmm. And I put a lot of blame and I had a lot of anger and resentment towards my mom for not giving me what I believed she should have known. Right. Yeah. And I did this early on as I have gone through healing. I've definitely 
worked through a lot of the anger and resentment and understood that she couldn't give me what she was able to. And one of the things that came up in my ceremony was showing me where I was withholding love in my life. Mm. Um, and, um, and because I felt that it kept me, I don't know, it protected my heart a little bit, you know? And, um, one of the things she showed me or said to me was, I always take care of my babies. I always take care of my babies. And what this, what the final, you know, you know, when it was all wrapped up, I deeply, deeply understood that we are always, always supported by in, in unconditional love from the universe. We are mm-hmm. always supported. And when we are reaching grasping for that person, our mom, our dad, our husband, our boyfriend, our sisters to be who only universe source God can be, we will Mm. always suffer. It is never from somebody. It's never from somebody in a human form. It's always from within us, our heart Mm. center, which is God source universe. And Mm. that's why everything, you know, when, when we, we, we think nothing's ever going to work out, this couldn't possibly work out for me. And it always does, you know, cause we're still here and alive. Totally. We are being guided and loved and supported in ways we can't even imagine. Oh, you know, I believe um, it. I believe that a hundred, a hundred percent. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. Uh, that actually speaks to me on so many different levels. There's so many times, you know, I even, ask for signs or I'm, I'm just, you know, praying for something from outside of me to give me validation or clarity. And you're so right. It's just everything sits right. In, it, it's all within us. Um, and it's just being able to access that and going inward. I totally believe that hundred percent. Just yeah. to, cl- just to close this out, Brie, I always ask this question. Okay. Um, what is something you want the world to know? I want the world to know that there is nothing wrong with you. Mm. You are here to remember who you are. And in order to remember who you are, you just have to unlearn a whole bunch of stuff. And all of that stuff that you learned and you took on as your own, it's not yours. There's nothing wrong with you. You just need to feel it and let it go. It's not that easy. You know, it's not, it's not like, uh, okay, I'm just going to drop it. Like, um, it, it does take a little bit of, you know, intention and, and, um, time, but, um, just let go of the belief that there's something wrong with you, that you are something to be fixed, that you are a project. It's just unlearning and remembering who you really are. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Love Freak Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe. You can also follow me on Instagram at thelovefreak underscore. Don't forget that's F-R-E-Q. Or to find out more information, you can go to www.thelovefreak.me. Look for a new episode every Tuesday.